This week, we're back in the Emerald City that is Seattle with former Supersonics All-Star and current Director of Business Development for Coldstream Wealth Management Group, Detlef Shrimp. Let's go. This episode is brought to you by Pro Financial Insurance, your number one insurance agency for all of your needs, including stuff like a broken window rip. DK, I don't have windshield coverage on my car, but as we talked about in this episode, it was a huge mishap this week. Uh, check out our guy, Nick B at Pro Financial Insurance. If I would have had the coverage, it would have saved me a, a little bit of money this week. So Pro Financial Insurance for all your insurance needs, including broken windshields. Give him a call. Tell him the one-star recruit since you asked for Nick B. He'll hook you up with the best rates in the state. Let's go. Hello, this is Detlef Stamp, and you're watching me on the One Star Recruits podcast. Go Sonics. Yo, yo, aloha. Welcome to the One Star Recruits podcast. I'm DK, joined as always with my best friend of 25 years, Rip. We're a couple one stars who, like you, were on this journey of life, learning, loving, getting better every day with the help of some five-star athletes, entertainers, coaches, and celebs from around the world. Big time, huge hitter Seattle episode this week. I'm here slurping down, you know, some 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 salaman, some salmon up there, you know, eating a teriyaki plate in the rain. That's what I'm picturing right now, Rip. The 12th is fired up in this era of Geno Smith, 1-0. Big 1-0 Seahawks. You know, Storms fans up there in Seattle just, just wrapped up an immaculate run and got to watch Sue Bird finish an amazing career. What's good, Seattle? What's good, Rip? Seattle sports is big time, man. We couldn't have timed this episode better. I know training camp's coming up. All we need is the Sonics back in Seattle. It's going to be the sports capital of the country pretty soon, DK. It's a, it's a good time, Matt. I counted the Seattle, uh, the Seattle Seahawks in particular out last uh, where this is this is now two days removed rip from from the Monday night game in Seattle. Fans way to represent showed up. I know there's a lot of Denver Broncos fans also in the stands. Y'all should DK. You could say that. But tell me tell me another crowd than the 12th man and tell me another crowd. Besides the 12th man, that's better. And I mean, that stadium, it's the only stadium they do that decibel rating for. The Seahawks crowd, it's unbelievable how loud it is there. There's a couple. New Orleans gets loose. You know, there's some other harder places to play, maybe because of some weather stuff, but no place is louder, period, at all. They gave it to Russ, which felt good. You know, he's he's hitting my annoying level a little bit. He's up to like a 7.5 on my annoying level. You know, he came in and did that circle in pregame on the on the logo and sucked it all in. Didn't feel super great for me, but he played a decent football game, came down to some bad coaching decisions. You know, you just paid that man so much money. Let him get a fourth down. Probably will make it happen. Nevertheless, the, the Broncos take an L on a big 64 yard uh, field goal by McManus, who can hit those sometimes. But that was too big, especially early in the season, especially seeing so many kicks blocked the day before Nathaniel. You know what I mean? Like, let, let's let your guy do it. How, how do you feel about Russ, Rip? I mean, the main thing is I gained a little more respect for the Seattle fan base. You know, we're openly Arizona Cardinals fans, right? So we, we can't exactly root for the Seahawks, but they booed the shit out of Russ before the first snap. And that's respect to me because he's he's a legend there. He won a Super Bowl, but they booed him. Like, you got to do that. I love that. I love that they booed him. And yeah, like you said, annoying meter high for, for Russell Wilson right now. How can you be in the league for 10 to 15 years and burn 30 seconds at the end? He should have called a timeout right away, no matter what was happening. Call a timeout. I mean, it, that just that was that was the key right there. The only thing in the back of my head is that maybe McDan McManus got his range up to 70 yards. No problem. So nobody was stressing. But that obviously wasn't the case. Uh, shit, man. Football's back, baby. It's it, it's all back. It's all good. I want to stick on one more thing with Seattle. They have a couple guys in the secondary on that defense. That defense looks a little different. Seattle's usually the same same Jane, Mary Plain, running around, I think, in that 3-4 uh, setup they usually do. Now they're doing a whole new defense. I think they got a guy, tell me if I'm wrong, Rip, named uh, they got a Michael Jackson and they got a Kobe Bryant in that secondary. Wow, that's news to me. They got they got an MJ and a and a black mamba. Is that is that for real? You need to have Winston fact checked out. We'll get back to you after the interview. Uh, with that, but if I think I'm correct, this could be all 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 team celebrity names, and all of them were making plays. I think Michael Jackson had a couple couple picks. That's I'm not amazing. We'll get back know. on that for you. That could be one star information. You never know. You, Mercury's in fucking retrograde, so you never know. I could say whatever I could say. Mercury's in retrograde. What does that actually mean to you, Rip? Does that mean anything to you when I say that? That's like 
one of those things people say it's like an urban legend to me i mean you, you could say it it sounds cool but i don't think it changes anything come on man a lot of people tell you not to you know make big decisions or you know do big reports or or that kind of thing kind of sounds like an excuse maybe to chill sounds like an excuse maybe for you know you to place your basketball hoop rip in a one-star location at your crib hurricane k came through and just took that thing through the windshield how much it cost you to replace your windshield a one-star move by you we get rain probably less than 10 times a year down here in uh, southern california <laughs> we had 40 mile an hour winds from hurricane k the other day for about 10 minutes we had parked the car right under the basketball hoop during those 10 minutes blew over smashed the windshield 430 bucks dk one star weekend one star move for sure for me 430 damn it could have been 420 at least just gave you a 10 dollar discount just for some laughs but you know one star but hey you guys survived nobody got injured cars replaceable a bit of a one star life move for me since i gave you one you noticed I don't know why you're looking up my stats, bro. You don't believe me, but Rip's looking up my stats for the marathon last week. And, uh, of course, the guy who notices everything notices that uh, I was registered as a female. F. Big F. Female registration. So I finished 481st out of 1,400 females in the Kauai Marathon. Uh, Do you have a funny joke to say about that? I mean, it's a one-star move, like you said. I just want to know why. Was it just a mistake? Was it a prank by your wife? Clerical error, bro. Also, first name, first name in real life, Dana, D-A-N-A. I've been getting missed emails my whole life. We just started to move that needle a little bit over, you know, thanks to Dana White, thanks to, you know, Dana Carvey. There's a couple of Dana in the game pushing that thing back over into the male genre. Uh, nobody, you know, I'm cool with it. We're in a fluid, we're in a fluid time, Rip female male let it, as, as long as we finish that damn race and i'm not talking about it anymore i listened back to the last podcast i talked way too much about the fucking race never again will i no dude it's interesting content it's uh anyone running a half marathon deserves to talk about it for a couple minutes I, i'll tell you i was looking up your stats because i wanted to see how big the race was so i was looking at like where you finished versus who won it and i actually looked like the, the guy who won it was running i think like six minute miles which is it it seemed like a relatively small race to me am i right Hmm, i don't know i have not i think in comparison to the la marathon and the long beach and the boston and the new york yes yeah way smaller uh, felt very large and intense for me bro once one star shade thrown at your boy dk some some of y'all may know him as a sharpshooter a great defender a guy in the seattle supersonics a guy on the maybe he played for your portland trailblazers Maybe you saw him on your Indiana Pacers. Uh, he played with some of the greats, Gary Payton, Sean Camp, Reggie Miller. Some younger people know Detlef for his appearance on Parks and Rec, showing up all over Pawnee, you know, with the homie Tom and Roy Hibbert. I know him as a guy who guarded some of the best players in the NBA, as well as an OG taller three-point shooter who was playing this three-point game long before the era of Steph Curry and Trey Young. Enjoy this interview with Detlef. Now joining the One Star Recruits podcast, we have a husband, a father, a native of Leverkusen, Germany, a three-time retired NBA All-Star, and the current director of business development for Coldstream Wealth Management, Detlef Schremp. Thanks for hanging out with the One Stars, Detlef. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, we're glad to have you on. We're going to get to everything you're doing with Erase the Hate and Coldstream in a minute, but I've always been so curious as to how a kid who grew up in a smaller city outside of Cologne, Germany, close to the Rhine River, ended up moving to a small town in Washington during high school. What's uh, what's the story behind that journey? Oh, I would say it's just pure luck. Um, you know, I uh, started basketball fairly late. So I was a soccer player and just picked it up by accident when I was 13 and just totally fell in love with it and was addicted. So by 16, I was probably one of the best players in Germany in my age group and um you know thought hey it'd be kind of cool to go to the states for a year as an exchange student and uh centralia was one of the schools that actually replied to my letter a friend of mine had gone there a couple years prior and uh, i was like well um i thought i was going to california but nobody replied from the school so uh you know i wrote a letter and the coach gave me you know, all the information back within a couple of weeks and I ended up going to Centralia and uh, it worked out fine. 
Damn, that's a handwritten letter, Detlef. Wrote that thing out with a pen and a paper? Well, back then, there was no internet, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) And you had to wait a couple weeks for, uh, you know, return and a reply. (laughs) Those assholes in California, man, they messed up, man. Got you up in Washington. (laughs) Who's your favorite uh, football squad, soccer squad? Well, I, I grew up in uh, in Bayer Leverkusen, so uh, I played basketball there. Soccer at that time was not uh, Division One Bundesliga, um, but I had uh, my soccer star growing up was Gunther Netzer. You guys probably don't know who he was. Played for the German national team. Um, he was a midfielder, had long hair, headband, and nice. that was me at fifteen, sixteen. Long Netza. hair with the headband. Nice. Got it. Well, you opened up the haircut question. I think you always had epic hair and it actually came to mind when Rip first mentioned that we got you on the show. Any inspiration from soccer players going with your hairstyle uh, coming on over when you moved to Washington? Yeah, like I said, Gunther Nets had long hair. Uh, yeah. Actually, a couple of players on my basketball team uh, played at UCLA with Bill Walton. Um, um, Greg Lee, he had long hair with a headband, and uh, it was just me. You know, I was in that hippie phase of 15, 16 in Germany. Uh, and then when I came over, um, you know, the last letter I got from the coach was that uh, all our players uh, can't have hair over their ears or wow. facial hair. So I actually had to get my hair cut before I flew over. Uh, and I was almost crying uh, <laughs> when I was got a cut. <laughs> Damn, man. I, those long hair pictures. Yeah, I'm rocking the long hair now. It's good. It's a little hotter for basketball, though. I think you went with a good one. It's pretty iconic, the haircut that you ended up rocking, man. Uh, you know, Rip and I grew up in Phoenix Suns fans. Listeners know this. You hit so many daggers, bro, against our squad. And when you look closely at the numbers, you were really ahead of your time, especially 6'10", guys. You're 6'10". They didn't shoot much, much threes in, you know, 94, 95 which is pretty amazing that you shot of like 50. I might have this wrong rip 40%, 40% from three. I believe that left. Is that right? Career? Yeah. 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 Right I about. didn't shoot that many. You, know, you didn't shoot that then, many. No. This you, day uh, and age though, this day and age though, you ever think how different it would be if you got to play today, you'd be letting them rip. I think you'd probably get, get 12 a game at modern day, the way you shot it. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously nowadays uh, analytics tell you to shoot a lot more threes. And nowadays it was more you wanted to be a threat and fake the three-point shot so you can go go inside and you know get a layup or get a 15-footer. Um, it's just uh, yeah, it's just a little different game now. Yeah, totally different. Who are a couple of your uh, current guys in the NBA that you love to watch when you're just kicking back on Tuesday night? Well, I just like to watch teams that uh, share the ball and uh, have a really good culture. You know, obviously the Warriors do a great job at that. Um, when they get hot, it's, you know, you can just go, wow. Um, you know, Steph pulling up from 30 feet after he dismissed three in a row and he makes it. And he kind of go, our coach would have always yelled at us, what are you doing, you know? And uh, so it's just a different mentality. It's great to see uh, that culture. Um, there are, you know, a couple of other teams that I, I watched over the years um, that that play well together. You got you got any sleepers? You like that Houston squad? Any sleepers up there that Detlef's been watching? Well, there are a lot of young, lot young, talented players now that have you know really stepped up. Um, again, I like I like teams that move the ball, that that play basketball, and have smart um, playmakers. So I don't care if they're a point guard or they're you know Jokic at the center position. Um, and that's fun when you see a backdoor cut and the slip and the, the pass is made at the right point. It's this great basketball. This yeah, I love I love someone dribbling 25 times and shooting a step back three. It's that's not my basketball. No, you got to move that thing, man. Yeah. Joker Warriors got those things going. Our Phoenix Suns, you know, when things are, are working right, they got that things going. Anything on the Kevin Durant situation? You think this all ended up? He's kind of the right guy in the right spot to just stick there and, and do it out. Do you have any thoughts on the situation? Does this irk you at all the way that this was handled? No, I, I, you know, I, I'm not one to judge guys how they uh, want to be perceived in public, how they act or interact or what they want to do and where they don't like it. It's, it's not my place. I just enjoy watching basketball. Yeah. Hoops head that lift. Man, look, let's talk about the Emerald City. And this is for our listeners out there. This is for the, for the country, for the world, if you were. You, you were there for six amazing seasons. It's been your, your home in Washington since you moved. Uh, by the Pro-Am this month, the Seattle Storm and Sue Bird and everything that's happening with that culture, you mentioned culture. The basketball is loved in, in Seattle. What has to happen for the NBA to be back in Seattle? How can the fans help? 
this process? Well, I think the fans have done everything they could in the last 10 years, right? I mean, we we have that fan base still. Um, you know, it, it proves that every time there's some type of event, um, you know, the Warriors played here a couple of years ago in a preseason game uh, at Old Key Arena. It might have been before COVID. Um, you know, it was fantastic. Um, you know, Jamal Crawford has done an amazing job building this program and getting stars to show up. Uh, and, you know, that just shows that, you know, by, by the people that, that come and, and they've been traveling from across uh, the mountains to, you know, and to Camp Isle for 24 hours, just trying to get a, a glimpse of one of the, the players. And, uh, you know, we have the fan base. Obviously, a lot has to happen for the NBA to expand to 32 teams. So hopefully that will happen. Adam Silver reaching out to you at all as one of the most well-known alumni. You, any advice coming your way? Are you, you talking with Alicia Valvanis over at Seattle at all? Are conversations being had or is it kind of a mute area? I talk Alicia, but I talk to, to her about the storm and how awesome they are. So That's true. Good, great yeah. point. Way to, way to move that to the area it should be in. They play great basketball. Such great basketball, man. Yeah. Such great basketball. If Seattle fans go get your playoff tickets, get those season tickets. They got it's amazing that they kind of uh, are the Warriors a little bit, the way they move the ball, but also the, the way that that bench is so deep and c- players continuously come off. Anyway, side note, let's shift over to your current gig, which is cool. We talk about pivoting all the time in careers and changes and you know how to, how to go about that. You're now the director of business development for Coldstream Wealth Management. It's been about 15 years now. What is your current role and how does it play into your passions? Well, I think most of what I get paid for is obviously bringing in new business, bringing in new clients, building relationships, uh, you know, building our brand in the community. And I enjoy all that. I get to meet, you know, pretty cool people most of the time, you know, that have been successful or done some amazing things, whether it's technology or gaming or uh, building a family business, whatever it is. Um, and, and that's really fun. Um, you know, obviously we work with people that have money, you know, uh, uh, the other part I like to do is trying to bring some education to guys. You know, we were just recently with the Arizona Diamondbacks actually down there where, you know, where you guys are and uh, presented to about 80 players, you know, about just setting some goals in life, how to avoid the big mistakes, how to maybe think about putting money away versus buying that, you know, $70,000 truck when you get a $250,000 signing bonus, you know, all those things of, you know, the do's and don'ts uh, that set you up for success versus, you know, all of a sudden you sit there three years from now, you're getting cut from the single A and you don't have an education, you don't have any money and uh, you got to start over. So, um, you know, for me, it's more trying to help that next generation um, have a little bit more success because we always talk about the stars and the all-stars and the players, but there's so many of them that go through those systems, whether it's basketball or baseball, that don't make it. And they have a chance to make it. They have a chance to make it, not in maybe the sport, but in life. And, you know, trying to give them the right tools to succeed. That's pretty important to me. So important and so smart to to move into uh, the pro sports realm. I know it happens uh, pre-NFL and uh, Major League Baseball. You don't hear as much about it, but but that's great, especially with the Diamondbacks. A lot of young guys on that team. Uh, Thank you, man. We need to bring it together for the D-backs here. We're looking (laughs) to get back to the playoffs down there somehow, some way. No, I love that, man. Business development. You ever do uh, Burning Man with some Silicon Valley folks down there? I have not done that. No. Got to put that on the list. That's, that's great business development I hear down there. That love. I play a lot of golf. I've been playing a lot of golf lately here. I think it's one of the great ways to meet people. Uh, you, you swing them sticks at all? Yeah, I just played in member guest in, uh, in Oregon this last weekend. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How'd you shoot? How'd you shoot? Uh, you know, my game can be pretty good and it can be very average. I don't take it that serious, but I can shoot a three over par or a 10 over par. I just never know. You never know. You ever yeah. golf with George Carl? I've not played golf with George in many years. <laughs> uh, it's been a long time. Yeah. Oh, uh, you're a good man, Detlef. Yeah. If, uh, you know, you're, you have so many passions, so very versatile across the board. And one of the things that jumped out the most for, for us and for our listeners is uh and for everybody in the universe is the erase the hate movement that has really kicked into gear over the past few years you're spearheading this charge of this this change to end racism tell us about it and and where our listeners can get more involved in uh, this great program 
Yeah, so we've been supporting it for a long time, actually. Um, probably got more vocal and more engaging about it after uh, George Floyd. And, um, you know, I was thinking, okay, how can I, as a old white man, uh, make a difference? Um, and uh, the funny thing is that we've, well, not funny thing, that we've had these t-shirts since the LA riots with this logo on it, Erase the Hate, uh, that our babysitters make when our kids were, you know, three and five. Wow. And uh, we've had these t-shirts now for almost 30 years and we're still talking about the same stuff. Um, so, you know, I, I uh, talked to them, I said, hey, I wanna use your logo and, and, and use that to start a campaign and use the cause platform. So this, this app that I use for my gifting uh, to, you know, to push for equality, um, equity, you know, um, diversity, all those things that is lacking in, you know, many markets, you know, and I have people here that say, hey, we are pretty good here in Seattle, aren't we? And, you know, we live in our own little bubbles and we don't really acknowledge what's going on and not just in other parts of our state or country, but in the world. Um, so we have a lot of work to do. So I'm just want to do my part, uh, partnered up with, um, you know, some guys that are obviously a bigger following like Jamal Crawford, Isaiah Thomas, Bill Russell, Macklemore, you know, these guys that said, Hey, can I, can you chip in? Can you, can I use your name? Let's promote this and, and at least launch it. And then I'll try to take it somewhere else from here. So I'm in discussions with a couple of groups like Microsoft to, to, to make it a little bigger. I don't have the time to run it myself. <laughs> it's, it's enough, it's hard enough trying to, you know, get the message out and putting money behind it. But, you know, you actually have to come up with a campaign and um, I just don't have the bandwidth. So I'm looking for partners that, that can help me push this more. Um, Calling all Seattle smart people and Washington smart people who want to help with a great cause, it sounds like, you know, if you want some pro bono opportunities to help uh, help this great project. Sounds like there's some opportunity out there maybe to grow. For sure. For sure. You know, it's, uh, there's a lot of uh, good people here in this, in this market that, you know, as you know, that donate a lot of money to charity. Um, and, you know, there's so many options and uh, it's, it's hard to kind of figure out where should the focus be, which charity you want to support, who's doing it right. And, um, and it's hard to do due diligence on all of them, you know, so, uh, but it's we're going in the right direction um, and, uh, you know, every day matters and every dollar matters. So we're just uh, trying to do our part. We're going to help as much as we can push it out on, in the show notes and on social media. I know you have everything at debtleft.com where people can get get involved and help out. And uh, so we're going to help help out with that as much as we can. Debt left. We uh, appreciate it. Of course, we end every interview with the segment we call one star to five star we're one star as we mentioned we're, we're trying to get better with advice and tips from every guest we have on the podcast like yourself so we're just going to go through we have about three questions we're, let's use a one to five star scale one being the lowest five being the highest yeah. you played 16 years in the league with a lot of different teammates so i want to do an all teammate squad i know okay. i'm going to list each position and you give me the let's say the five star guy you played with who would make the debt left shrimp dream team uh, let's start with okay. point guard. Uh, GP, you know, uh, we we had pretty six pretty good years together where, you know, it was fun. Uh, we talked a lot of smack. We fought every day, but uh, definitely GP. Uh, we put fear into people's eyes, so it was good. And who was your shooter, shooting guard, like the guy that, that would Reggie translate Miller. today? Oh, Reggie Miller. Too easy, too easy. Yeah, uh, no. Reggie and I worked out together every summer. Uh, ran the track, and, you know, uh, shot, played one on one full court. Uh, you know, to get ready for the season. Those were good days. You're talking about dream team, real dream teamers. Let's uh, let's move to forward. You you played a lot at both forward positions. So, uh, just give me one other forward aside from yourself that you played with that you'd add on the squad. Oh, Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp in his prime. Uh, was a freak of nature, you know. I would say, dude, man, just just put the ball in the hoop. Why are you trying to do a 360 twist under the basket that you might miss? But he was uh, he was a good teammate and uh, he's a good friend. 
Have you been into his uh, his new cannabis shop up in Seattle? I know he's doing big things up there. Uh, no, I have not. Uh, I might have to go in and help myself get some to sleep better. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't indulge in in, in the stuff, so no reason to go in. Right, he's got that CB. He's got that CBD too. If you if you got to put that on your sore knees and stuff yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I need something to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one is a center position. I mean, it, it was more of a, a big man's game back then. Who was your all-time center teammate that you put on the Yeah, on the you know, I didn't really have a star in Dallas my first years. And then in Indiana, obviously, Rick Smith came around and became a star. Um, in Seattle, again, we didn't really have a center ever uh, that was a star. We played, you know, small ball a lot. Uh, in Portland, obviously, I played with, potentially the best player center ever if he had stayed healthy with Avita Sabonis. But when I got there, we were both old and broken down. So um, I would probably say, um, you know, wish I had Avitas a couple of years earlier because he was, uh, we played against each other in uh, youth basketball in, uh, in Europe on the national teams. And, uh, he was as dominating as any big man uh, you'd ever seen. Um, so it'd probably be Avitas or Rick Smith in his prime. That's a heck of a squad. GP, Reggie Miller, Detlef, Sean Kemp, Sabonis, and Rick Smith. Heck of a squad. All right. You, you've worked in wealth management for almost two decades, and you played in the NBA for, for almost as long. The, the combination of those two experiences, it, it kind of seems ripe to me for maybe being in on an ownership group someday. Uh, <laughs> we've seen it happen often with former athletes recently, a lot in baseball and basketball. So when the Sonics do come back to Seattle, let, let's use a one to five star scale. What's the likelihood that, that Detlef Shrimp will be in on the ownership group in some capacity? Can we get 1% out of you? Well... You know, I, I don't know what the requirement is. If you need a billion dollars, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think I would love to be involved to some degree, but at the same time, I'm also at a stage where um, I'm thinking about retirement. You know, is that five years from now um, or, you know, more? I don't know. Uh, I enjoy working, but if the Sonics are in five years and I want to retire from my current job, do I want to be involved with the team to some degree? Um, yeah, I think, you know, I love it. I love Seattle. I love the, the fan base. Um, I got a good brand and, you know, have some common sense. So that might be helpful, but, but I can't put, you know, a ton of money into it. Like, uh, like, like the Steve Ballmer pit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These teams are going for crazy amounts. I'm going to send this clip over to Adam Silver. We need, we, the clock is ticking. We want Seattle over Vegas. Vegas is getting all the love right now. I know LeBron's talking about it. We still want, we, Adam, we want Seattle. Yeah. I think, you know, Seattle Vegas would be a good combo. Obviously you have to mix up some of the um, conferences and who's going to be East and West and all that. But uh, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> A lot of guys like to go to Vegas. <laughs> Last one. Maybe, maybe you'll convince some people with this answer. Let's talk more about Seattle. You've lived up in Washington for most of your adult life, as DK mentioned. We had both Jason Terry and Corey Kispert on the podcast at separate times. They're both Seattle natives. They, they each raved about the food scene up, up in that SeaTac area. What is the five-star eating spot for the shrimp family up in that Pacific Northwest? Oh, man. Um, so I'm a creature of habit and we don't like to go very far. Um, you know, I invested in uh, El Gaucho and Aqua, so a steakhouse in a, in a seafood place, and they're phenomenal. Uh, and then obviously next door, uh, we just walked to a Carmine's Italian place or down the street to Bison, Maine, which is a neighborhood joint that we've been going to for 25 years. So uh, those are kind of the places we hang out, but I eat a lot of Thai food, um, you know, I, they, they, sushi. There's so many good spots in Seattle. You can't go wrong. You live in a great food city, man. You know what Jason, uh, Jason told us is his favorite food, which we didn't know was a delicacy in the, in the, in the Northwest. You want to take a guess? Well, everyone probably would say salmon, but um, Izell's chicken, maybe. <laughs> Close. Teriyaki chicken plates. Yeah, just regular teriyaki chicken plates. I guess it's the best in the country. I didn't know that. I got to check it out next time I'm there. But I'm also going to check out Al Gaucho. What's the what should I order when I go there? Well, see, I stopped eating meat, so that's an issue. But uh, 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 but it has great steaks. Um, 
So uh, it's a steak place. It's a steak place. It's where you flip your flip your uh, red and green up and down when you're ready to go. No, not one of those. <laughs> you know, it's just a really good old old school uh, steak place uh, that you know it's a kind of Argentinian uh, style. Love it. Uh, that was we opened it when we played it for the Sonics, and it was just fantastic. You know, back in those days, uh, not far from the arena, so uh, still going strong. You're an inspiration. You're a renaissance man. Uh, you're a man of many talents. We are so grateful you took half an hour to hang out with us on, on the podcast here. Where can uh, we'll post everything for the nonprofit? Where else can we find you with what you have going on? I'm on the cause app. So C-A-U-Z-E is where the Erase Day campaign is. Uh, we're going to relaunch it here by probably September um, with a new kind of charity focus and direction. But yeah, I'm, I'm putting money behind it. You know, we raised you know, roughly 100 and I think we're going to have a big push here with uh, more sponsors coming up. So, uh, you know, hopefully people will join and, uh, you know, make uh, our world a little better place. Everybody go to debtlift.com. Join the movement with the Race the Hate campaign. Uh, you can donate. What else? Get out. Seattle Storms fans, support the storm. They're amazing. Sue Bird's last ride. Alicia, I mentioned Alicia, another great operator, Adam Silver, if you're listening. He's not listening, but I'm throwing it out there. Another great Seattle operator if you need bodies. Deadlift, thank you so much for joining the show, my friend. Thanks, guys, for having me. Thanks again to Sonic's great Deadlift Shrimp. DK, he's doing so many good things with the Erase the Hate movement. I, I actually, we have shirts on the way right now. Everybody go to deadlift.com, get your Erase the Hate shirts. The other thing to me too, besides a great cause, it's only like $3 to ship a shirt to Hawaii from that website. So you expect that in the mail this week, DK, Erase the Hate. Nice. I was wondering what the gift was. You just ruined the surprise for me, but that's a great shirt. I can't wait to, to get it. And uh, yeah, enjoy that interview, Rip. Thank you, man. Interesting. Happy we got to bring up the the Seattle Storm, talk a little bit about um, Alicia Valvanish. She's the GM and, and president of the storm and has all the chops in the world to run an organization. I think the foundation is fully there. We've talked about it a lot with our Seattle guests, but I think we're teed up like a waiter serving a fresh, you know, delicious meal to the table. I think it's coming. And I think Las Vegas and Seattle are going to get served up. I, I feel it in my bones. Maybe by the, after what's going on with Robert Sarver, who's out for the year, by the way, not maybe after what's going on with the Phoenix suns, maybe uh, the Phoenix suns will be moving to Seattle at this point. Who knows? When it's a mess like this in ownership, this is, this is why this is why we didn't uh, this is why that Dallas game happened. This is it may seem silly that it's that many pieces and it's not that disconnected. And I worked in a front office that was very disconnected at one point in time um, with the early Golden State Warriors before this new ownership group came in in the in the early teens of the 2000s. But it's a problem of rip, you know, and at the end of the day, him and his family and this kind of whole mentality is what it is which breeds an ethos which then affects culture uh we're not going to win a championship everything begins at the top and the nba is just too damn hard bro unless ownership is lockstep with the team every position from from the janitor to the ownership group uh all of the golden state warriors the only difference to me between donald sterling and robert sarver at this point is that donald sterling was caught on tape and sarver wasn't I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but he should be out, man. I'm, I'm so tired of it. What's what's going to do is suspending him for a year. It's not going to help. It's not going to fix his ingrained issues. So get him out of there, man. Yeah, it's bad for the Valley. And it's if something smells bad, it's probably bad. If there's smoke, there's fire. All the things you can say in this situation. And this is not something new to Suns fans. Um, and if you haven't heard, it's a one-year suspension of, of, of Robert Sarver and a $10 million fine. You know, we'll see. It doesn't feel good going into this offseason. This Kevin Durant stuff, this, uh, there's just, this hasn't felt good for the last two years. The way Aiton was handled from start to finish. I just don't like it all. Hopefully, hopefully some veteranship and some, some good shit can come out of the NBA season next year. But hey, I don't even know how we got on that tangent. We took that from Seattle to Sarver real quick, bro. On the first week of NFL, this is what we're doing on the second half of the podcast. If you're still with us, Rip, I got to ask you, let's do, let's do your big takeaway. Let's do one winner and one loser from week one in the NFL. 
the losers to me as a whole were, were the kickers, like you mentioned. The Colts just let go of Rodrigo Blankenship, who was one of the best kickers in the league, missed a chance to win the game. The Steelers kicker missed. The Bengals kicker missed. I mean, DK, it was everywhere. McManus missed. Like, how how do you miss so many? Is it just the emotion of the first week? How do you miss so many kicks? These are NFL kickers. I don't have a theory. What's your theory? What is your theory? Is it the first week? Was it Because it's not like they're watching – the other guy missed down in, in, you know, a different city at the same time. And it's, I, maybe Mercury is a retrograde. But some of them were shanks. I mean, the Bengals kicker shanked a 29 yard or not even close. Like I could have, I could have done better than that. You know, like these guys, I think maybe it's something that you can't replicate in training camp is the pressure of, of that situation, you know, and that's the first time in a real environment that they, that they felt that this year. So hopefully a lot, a new, a lot of new snappers or some new holders, you know, the whole mix. I want to check. I want to check it up. It was ugly, bro. Shit. The whole NFC was very ugly, to be honest with you. Very very scary situation, but special teams, I think, is one of those last areas to maybe tighten it up along the way. But sweet lordy, big problem. So losers, kickers, that makes sense. Lots of missed field goals to win the games. Not even talking missed field goals just for field goals. How about your winner, Rip? My winner is every fantasy football player who drafted Michael Thomas, not knowing whether he's going to be the Michael Thomas of three years ago or the one who hasn't played in two years. The man scored two touchdowns on opening weekend, got your got your fantasy owners like 25 points. Michael Thomas is back with Jameis Winston. He's a force, man. And if you drafted that guy in like the sixth or seventh round, kudos to you because that really helped your team this week. He could be one of those pickups. Yeah, those pickups that really changes those, those fantasy rosters when you get those guys seventh, eighth, ninth round. My winner is also players. Two guys, man. Uh, Jalen Hurts, an amazing game. Um, not only did he run, we knew that was going to happen, found the end zone. Uh, he was able to connect on over 230 passing yards. Great stuff. Another guy, Justin Jefferson, big time show up for a guy who was first round fantasy draft pick for, for a lot of people. If not the first pick definitely showed up, looked like he can't be guarded by a green Bay defense. That's supposedly pretty good, which leads me into my biggest loser of this week. And it's two part. And I don't want to go crazy because I think Rip the Packers lost, I believe, bad to the Saints last year, too, week one or week two. Um, but, God, the Packers look like shit. Things could have been different if – if um, who's the rookie? He missed a wide-open catch rip. It was Watson. Watson had a wide-open look early that could have changed the game for Green Bay. But a big drop that kind of affected the whole vibe, and they just looked like shit. Um, so, hopefully, that ship gets gets written. We I really like Aaron Rodgers, and I'm in – I've bought into the ayahuasca and the whole thing. I believe in him. But that was a terrible fucking show in there. And then big want, want, want to the two worst teams that I saw this Sunday are Arizona Cardinals, just an ass whooping by the Kansas City Chiefs. And then obviously the New York Jets looked terrible once again. And, and that's my my big losers. That's pretty darn accurate. I mean, I, we, I've been telling people for months, DK, 6-11, and 6-11, hammer at home for the Cardinals. You could say they played the Chiefs, who are probably top five in the NFL, but it doesn't get easier, DK. And this is what I've been saying the whole summer. Their schedule is unbelievably hard. They go to at the Raiders this coming weekend, who just lost and are going to be hungry for a win. They're going to start 0-2, maybe 0-3, 0-4. Season's over, DK. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's fucking fun to have NFL though back. I'll tell you that much. Kicked off at 7 a.m. here in Hawaii time. I made myself some waffles, took my family to the airport, just locked into about six good hours of football. It felt super nice. I know you can't pull that shit off with the kiddos. What, what, what game you watch? I actually did watch quite a bit. I watched probably four hours of NFL this weekend, which was great for me. I mean, in my household with the two young kids, they're trying to watch, uh, you know, uh, trying to watch, uh, minions and, and the rise of Gru and in between games and all that stuff. But yeah, I was able to, to catch a little bit of every game, including Jalen Hurts in the, in the Eagles win. So it was a good yeah, weekend. Good rip. Good. I'm proud of you, man. I dipped into your world a little bit too. I had uh, I had family in town this week, this week, great time with my bro-in-law. They have uh, an eight year old and a six month old. So the only thing that works sometimes is Disney movies. So I got to watch for the first time ever. And I really enjoyed it. Monsters Inc. Great fucking movie. You seen that uh, one? Solely, hell yeah! I'm a, I'm a big Monsters Inc. guy. Yeah, good. I'm glad uh, you saw it. There was there was a Moana watch here, obviously, when you're in Hawaii. Um, I think there might have been a couple Moana watches, and uh, I got into uh, what did I see that I never saw before? Finding Nemo, amazing movie, touching movie. You had a Disney movie marathon. You watched more Disney than I did this weekend. Are you? Do you have Disney Plus? 
We have Disney Plus. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. The power of a Disney movie with the kids, man. I get it. Do you watch Disney Plus uh, when you don't have young children visiting the house? What do you watch on there? Very rarely, very rarely. I'll watch. Did you uh, my, my wreck of the week from like two months ago? Did you watch the Giannis movie? That's on Disney. The Giannis documentary. Nope. Dude, this is strictly put it on for uh, got the kiddos going, which then I in turn get sucked in. But but good. The great plot. So good. I mean, Monsters Inc. was so good. huh? What a what a show. I think that might be my favorite movie right now. Disney that I've seen. And the way they tie it all together, bro, you go to Disneyland, you go, they see the Monsters, Inc. ride, you go on the ride, they, they buy merchandise. I mean, it's a whole system, DK. It's the whole damn setup. So I get it, Rip, and I'm proud of you for getting your four hours of football, and you deserve it, bro, after after Hurricane K comes through, 430 bucks in a new window. A one-star weekend for you turn into a five-star weekend. Big one-star bumps for a couple of our former guests. Um, we have Corey Kisberg got engaged to a fellow Arizonian. Congratulations, Corey. We got Tim Hardaway, our guy. Guarded Detlef. Detlef guarded him. Maybe they switched a couple times. I don't know if they had a direct guard, and probably Gary Payton would have taken on Hardaway most of the time. Anyway, congratulations to uh, Tim Hardaway, Hall of Fame, man. How do you feel about that, Rip? Yeah, great guest for us uh, last year, and now the the entire uh, run TMCs in the Hall of Fame. So we got we got to get uh we're working on Chris Mullen and Mitch Richmond for the pod, but kudos to Tim, man, well deserved. Uh, you know, legend up there in the Bay Area. Yep, yep. So a couple of uh, friends of the pod doing well in the world. We have uh, Rex of the Week. Every week we recommend something that made us feel good, something that made us smile. I'll kick us off here. We got, you know, it stays in line. I really want to stay right there with what made me feel good this week. And I was thinking about this. I had a couple of things. I had a very active week. All kinds of, of, of Maui activities were done this week. But the truth and the core of the matter is I loved watching football on Sunday. Man, did that feel real good. So my wreck of the week is to get a good meal on Thursday night. It's coming up. Get a good meal at the crib. Get that Amazon stream. It's going to be the first Amazon platform uh, Thursday night game. We got the Chargers and Chiefs. It's a great game. We got Al Michaels and Kurt and Kurt Herbstreit calling the game. So we got new announcers. I'm just fired up for for Thursday football coming this week, man. That's my wreck of the week. Tuck in. Enjoy that shit. What a way to kick it off, man. Chargers, Chiefs, division, rivals, both really good team. What's the over-under on that game? Like 65? You need to get Winston on that. I don't love the Thursday night. I think this is too good of a matchup to beat Thursday night, but they. I feel like these are good enough teams that it won't be a dud. Find some wood for me to knock on. Most Thursday night games are duds, Mom. Okay? Uh- here, here's a prediction for you, DK. Uh, Keenan Allen is not playing in that game. The Chargers' top receiver, the guy who's gonna take his place in most of his targets, his name's Joshua Palmer. Surprise, surprise! He's our guest on the podcast next week. So I'm looking for a uh, hundred yards and a touch out of him on Thursday night. Oh, a lot of guys got Palmer uh, late in in fantasy drafts. See, they were on to him early. Get a really good training camp. This is the thing. One of those guys goes out. These young guys step up. This guy's got a big body. Yeah, we got him on the pod coming up. You know, I got a second quick wreck while we're here, too. I I did the marathon, you know, last week. God, here I am talking about it again. Whatever. I wish, you know, shout out to, 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 to Cheatham, former Arizona State Sun Devil. I, I wish I would have worn more one-star recruits merchandise at the race last week. I got some pictures back, and instantly I wish I would have had my one shirt, my one-star shirt on. And my one-star shot socks on. I went for the Santa Cruz Warriors lightweight shirt, thinking it would be a better running shirt. But you know what? The the, the one-star recruits merch is so comfy. It's all available at, at onestarrecruits.com. And I wish I just would have wrapped my own brand, bro. So that's my second recommendation. Wear your own brand. Damn, DK, I wish you would have too. Free advertising for those 2,000 people or whatever that was in the race. I wear that thing to Disneyland all the time, as you know, and uh, we get hits on our website. We get more listens. It's free advertising, man. It's free advertising. I, I, I wore it around the airport, you know, so I'll take the little, I'll take two stars on that. But yeah, big dummy right here. Big dummy. I'm not, I'm wrapping somebody else's brand. Shout out to the Santa Cruz Warriors. Great organization. But nevertheless, wear your own damn brand, you know, and looking back on the pictures, I, I wish I'll have these pictures and I'll, we'll put one up here. I wish I just would have had our, our, our little logo on, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so that's my wreck of the week football and rep yourself. What do you got, rep? DK, I talked to you about this off air uh, Arco gas station that's big in the Southwest. It might, might be all over the country, but it's Arizona, California, tons of Arco gas stations. But I've avoided them for about 25 years now. 
because they don't take credit cards. It's always only debit cards or cash, DK. And they charge, if you use your debit card from your bank, they charge a 35 cent fee, which is fine, you know, but you don't get any points on your credit card because they don't take credit cards. Breaking news, DK, Arco now takes credit cards. Nice. And they always they always have the lowest gas prices, but they're doing the thing where if you use a credit card, they charge you 10 cents more per gallon, which is fine. You get the points. And it's still significantly cheaper than all the competitors, Texaco, Chevron, Shell, all those. So Arco now takes credit cards, people. There's going to be long lines because of this uh, wreck of the week. I know it, but I'm willing to pay the price. Uh, everyone check out Arco for gas. That Arco, are they a sponsor? Rip, are they a sponsor? Absolutely not, but I'm working on it. He's working on it. I think that the Arco gas is watered down, but I'm happy as hell that pff, that was such a bitch. I would avoid that gas station because because you got to go in. There's some some gas stations here in Hawaii that have the machines, but then you put your card in. Don't work. Still have to go inside. Super annoying. I'll double down on super annoying gas station shit. I don't know if this happens to you that much, but it happens all the time here in Hawaii. Maybe listeners, if this is a common thing, I just don't know about. Like, uh, like, like in the state of New Jersey, you can't fill up your own gas. Uh, another human being has to do it. Out here in Hawaii, Rip, you know when you, you do full-level gas and you put the little lock on the bottom and it kind of gets the, gets the, what do you call it, the bump on the thing and it can stay put? Yeah, you get like two minutes to check out emails or look at your phone or whatever. You don't look at your phone while you're doing gas, I think. I think that's a big urban legend of, of, getting, of getting some kind of brain disability or something down the line. But, yes. Bingo, put it in, do what you got to do. These don't, a lot of them don't work here in Hawaii. So you got to get your COVID hands out there, hold that thing down. No humans that I know in Arizona would have the patience to hold that thing down for two minutes. They're probably out to the Arco. Arco does have really good inside concessions. I'll give them that. They always have had better gummy options than most of the gas stations. But uh, I'm going to give my love out here in Hawaii to our guy Tamua. I see his face all over the Texacos. I prefer Texaco gas. Oh. Oh, yeah, breaking news. It's, it's more expensive, man. They got me with the marketing <laughs> early, straight up. You know, it is what it is. Great podcast, though, Rip. Nice getting the throwback. Really fired up. We got an NFL guy coming on next week. Uh, you know, the Chargers are a team, and I'm fired up to watch them, like I said, get after it this week against the Chiefs. Hopefully our guy gets uh, gets that 100 yards, like Rip said, so maybe find that, finds the end zone. Um, Big Rip, you got any words of advice to wrap up this this show? Any, any other advice for other podcasts out there? Yeah, DK, you know, I've been a little frustrated over the past few weeks because all the normal pods I listen to, JJ Reddick, All the Smoke, uh, Knuckleheads, uh, a couple of these other ones, they're all on breaks right now, DK. I realize it's the summer and, you know, some people take vacations, and but you won't find that on One Star Recruits. We bring it every week, DK. I have no pods in my queue right now because all these guys are taking time off. We don't do that, DK. And we, we go week after week with a new guest. So if, if you want a pod that doesn't take a break and has something new every week for you, subscribe to One Star Recruits. Give us five stars while you're there. Oh, yeah. Give us five stars. You know, go check out. Thank you to Ice Cream Ian for the recommendation. One of his favorite songs, bro. Uh, Deathless Shrimp by who's the band, artist? Rip? Band of Horses. Go check it out. It's like the Pearl Jam uh, Mookie Blaylock song. Uh, you know, there's there's a whole slew of uh random songs out there named after just obscure nba players so debt left shrimp by band of horses check it out there it is one stars thank you so much have a great week uh enjoy enjoy week two of the nfl we'll be back with the nfl guy next week on one star recruits please give us five stars bring the sonics back to seattle see you next week DK, we've been doing something at the end of every episode where we run back a clip from a previous interview. And this week, I want to go back to our Corey Kispert interview. Seattle uh, Pacific Northwest native Corey Kispert, who's now on the Washington Wizards. We asked him about his elevator pitch, what his elevator pitch to Adam Silver would be to bring the Sonics back to Seattle. And that's a huge topic in our Detlef interview. Corey gave a great answer. So check out this clip from Corey Kispert about bringing the Sonics back to Seattle. And go check out the episode, OneStarRecruits.com. The biggest problem we had as a city was no arena. Like, Key Arena was a garbage dump, you know, just it was so outdated and not ready to have a team. They just built one. You know, the Kraken's coming to, coming to Seattle. Go Kraken. Um, we have a team. We have a sport. We're an amazing sports town. We love our sports. The Sonics were um, one of the best teams in the 80s, especially, um, in the 90s as well. And, you know, the city's been waiting long enough. We deserve a team.